All right, here we go. Um, welcome to this episode of Bruise Interviews. I'm Leonard, and today we are here with Shibli Haddad. You are the owner of Arroyo Shell, uh, and I guess uh, you're, you've been selling some super high-quality craft beer in Pasadena for at least the last couple of years, but I guess we'll get into that in a second. Uh, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sure. No, we're definitely, uh, you know, we've been doing some interviews and, uh, you know, I think I've known you probably almost close to a year now, probably going into the, into the uh, gas station. And so, I believe you know, so been, yeah, yeah, you and I've been talking kind of off and on about our, our beer interests. And I thought, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's have you on the show to talk about, uh, you know, a different aspect of uh, the craft beer industry. So uh, let's get to the first question. How long has Royal Shell been selling craft beer? Um, I was about about six years now. Um, I took over back in April 2016. So I think, yeah, we just hit the uh, the six year mark uh, earlier this month. Um, so I think I started maybe a couple months after I took over, I had to you know take over the business and handle the transition and all that good stuff. But almost immediately out of the gate, once I got everything kind of running, just started doing craft beer in the store. And what, what were some of the first beers you were selling in the, in the store? Oh man. Um, it was a lot of stone stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, uh, cause stone distribution, they, they distribute for a lot of other breweries. So it's a lot of the stuff that, that stone distributes for. So like Fremont stone, um, you know, I, I think at the time belching, they, they did some belching beaver stuff. Um, I don't think anymore. Um, and, uh, Beechwood was like another really big one that, that, that we did at the time, but, um, just a bunch of, you know, whatever, whatever they had a lot of Avery stuff like that. It wasn't, yeah. Uh, anywhere close to as big of a selection as it is now. And we've obviously diversified with uh, working directly with breweries and um, with a few other distributors. Uh, but so those, those yeah. are all salt. Those are all solid breweries though. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with the, with the stone or a belching beaver uh, or Avery. Uh, those are, those were, those were pretty heavy hitters back uh, six years ago. So that's, it's a good start. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I, I guess I always compare it to what it is now, but you know, over the last six years, distribution's got a lot crazier. You know, we get access to a, a lot more product across state lines and, you know, from uh, much farther distances. So um, as well as being a little bit more established now, it gives me uh, a little bit more access to other breweries uh, to be able to sell their product. Um, it, being as a gas station, it, you know, it's a little bit difficult going to a brewery and say, hey, I want to sell your beer. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> Um, it was a little bit more difficult in the beginning, which is why we only worked with uh, stone brewing and stone distribution at, you know, uh, when we first started. Yeah. Do you, COVID uh, probably, probably helped everybody out because, you know, tap, uh, tap rooms, tasting rooms weren't open. So a lot of breweries were, were canning that, that might not have considered canning and distributing, uh, you know, you know, pre COVID. And I think that probably made it a lot easier to get access to some of these breweries as well as for them to try to stay afloat over the past two years. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the, uh, it was actually great. Well, I don't want to say it was great, you know, because of COVID, but like uh, with like Bottle Logic, for example, what they were doing is they were actually the state allowed breweries to, to sell crowlers to uh, off-sale retail accounts, which is something that they normally, that they never did before. And they actually ended up revoking it, uh, I think just a year ago. But uh, like that was something that like BottleLogic was able to do where they didn't have to dump any beer. They're able to prowl, you know, everything. And so we were getting a bunch of stuff from BottleLogic that normally you would never see because it's stuff that doesn't get canned or it's real small batch stuff. Um, so that also helped us out with, you know, getting the word out and getting people to our store because they were seeing 
um, you know, all these crazy crawlers from Biologic coming in and going up on our shelves. So, um, yeah. So I'm looking at a can right now that you were uh, talking to me about in the shop that I should try. Uh, and this is Ambitious Ales. So they're located in Long Beach, California. Uh, I haven't, haven't had a chance to visit them, but I mean, they're local. I mean, the, what's that, about a 30-minute drive from uh, from my house. And this is called Ambiturner. And it's a West Coast double IPA. Uh, I always tell my brother on the show that my eyesight as I get older is uh, seriously going downhill. Uh, it's an 8.5% ABV. So uh, why don't we go ahead and pop this and try this uh, West Coast uh, yeah. to double IPA, right? Double IPA. Yeah. And you've, you've had some of their beers already, right? Yes, the Ambi Turner was the only one that I got cans of that I haven't had a chance to try yet. Um, I had recently gone to their um, to their place uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were kind enough to let me take some cases back with me to sell in the shop. So, uh, okay, yeah, very nice spot though. Uh, wow! All right, cheers. Look at your 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 party Jeez, foul, oh, I'm part, sorry. party yeah. foul, party foul, party foul. Um, my my apologies. <laughs> I smelt the head and I couldn't help myself. Just went straight for it. <laughs> there you go. Let's have Strata and Nelson. So, I've been drinking craft beer now, probably for ten years or so, and and. I still don't know the difference between the hops. Are you starting to learn as you go and experience the different craft beers, like the different, uh, the different flavors of different hops uh, impart in the beer? Yes. And no, it's, I mean, I don't <laughs> Tell the have, truth. <laughs> I uh, partially, um, I don't have a very refined palate. Um, but like one, one of the things that was for me, what's really nice is there's um, a stone tap room right across the street from the station. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll, they have like the, for example, the hop engineer, which is a, a single IPA, but it's a rotating hop IPA. So it's like, they, they just do a single IPA. And so it, uh, for a certain amount of time, it was just like every couple of weeks, there was a new one that came out with a new hop and uh, okay. being able to just sit there with Mike, the GM, and just kind of go through and talk about like last week's versus this week and All right. kind of learning a little bit more of the, the hop profile. So like, I've learned a little bit, but it's still, you know, if you handed me a glass and be like, oh, what <laughs> hop is this? I'm like, I'm, I might end up getting it wrong, but there's like a few that I, I, I feel like I might be able to tell um, if it was just a single hop, but when it's like multiple different hops in there, um, I, I have no clue what, what is in it unless I'm told what it is in it. So I, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. I've been drinking all these, uh, all these beers for years now. And I don't think I could pass a, a hop taste test. There's a, uh, there's a brewing shop in Monrovia that, uh, which isn't too far from my house that I'm probably going to go take a trip down to because they sell all, you know, the hops and the malts to, uh, to do home brewing. Um, so I think, I think on the sh a future episode of the show, we're going to take a look at the hops and try to be able and try to learn like the different flavor profiles that each hop brings to a beer. But I, I wouldn't know, honestly, I wouldn't know people. If you, I, I'm amazed when people know that stuff. Unless yeah, they make it, it up, unless they make it up, unless they say they know, but they really don't know. I mean, they, they could be talking out their butt, but I mean, there's there's definitely people out there that they they have a refined enough palate where they can they can definitely tell the difference. They can just smell the hops and they can tell just by from smelling it, they'd be able to tell you, you know, what what hops is in there and uh, 
it, it blows my mind because personally, I, I don't think I would ever be able to get to that stage um, or get to that level. Um, but that's, you know, that's what the, uh, that's what the Cicerone cor- course uh, is, uh, is for. So I know uh, on the show, we, my brother and I were previously talking about taking because the, the Cicerone has the four levels and like the first level is just kind of like as a server. Um, but when you become an advanced Cicerone, you're, you're, you're well into the beer making process. Uh, and, you know, at each step of the way, there's exams that you have to pass. And so there's only, there's only, a, really, I think there's only a handful of advanced Cicerone, like that level four uh, in the world right now. And oh, so, wow. and so it's, I think I want to at least do level one. I've never brewed anything. It's one of the things that, that I've been talking about maybe this year, possibly taking a look at brewing about like a home batch. Um, but I, I, I feel like as much as we've spent time on this, we should kind of know it, it's like a chef, right? You should know your ingredients. Yeah. And so I think uh, learning the hop, uh, the hop flavor profiles will probably be something I should do for my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's funny because I was actually just talked to my wife about that as well, about wanting to try, try to do uh, some homebrew stuff, just same thing, just a. uh, I guess, learn more about the, uh, the, you know, that side of the, uh, the industry. Um, you know, my, my favorite, the, one of the main reasons why I did craft beer in the store is just because I, I enjoy talking with people and being able to talk to them about craft beer and breweries and, um, just learning and just chatting with people. And so just having any more knowledge I can get to be able to just like bring to the table in a, in a conversation, I feel like is a, is a benefit, not just to me, but to, you know, the people I'm chatting with, you know, so we all can learn from each other. Um, cause I, I can tell you this much, uh, a majority of my information I learned from customers, yeah. people coming in who just knew way more than what I did, you know, in craft beer. Um, so it's always, uh, I'm always happy to, to sit around and, and chat beer with, uh, chat about beer with people. Cause it's just an opportunity for me to learn more. So. Yeah. I, I just want to be a beer snob because <laughs> <laughs> uh, every once in a while you'll run into a festival uh, and uh, someone will have a beer and you know, they'll talk about it super thoroughly and, and knowledgeably. And you wonder like, Hey, is that, you know, do they really, can they really, you know, notice that the nuances. Uh, so I, I, I I'm probably going to get down to that Monrovia brew shop, uh, a home brewing place probably this weekend uh, and pick up some hops. I still owe you a bottle of that duck, duck goose. So maybe I'll, I'm just, you know, they're just going to put some in a bag, maybe hand you some so you can take a look at it and just, I would imagine. So you can, you want to smell it. You probably want to crush it and maybe you want to steep it in some water to get some, activate some of the oils and the aromas. I mean, that when you think about the beer making prog- uh, process, it's not a difficult process, but it's a meticulous process. Yes. And you can and you can screw it up anywhere along the way, but it's really not that difficult to process. Just not most people can do it. So it's like making yeah. a cake. Making a cake isn't all that difficult, but only you know master baker uh, can can put something together that's super delicious. Yeah, it's uh, a friend of mine. He was originally home brewery. He ended up uh, going to work for Stone Napa, and then now he has his own brewery out in in uh, Minnesota. Um, yeah. And just you know watching watching his progression and just hearing him talk about it and like being able to like call these notes and aromas and flavors is just the way that he like it's a it's a passion on a completely another tier um so it, it was just for me it was like really fascinating seeing someone at that level um and they did some really great beers they they still make some really great beers but um yeah i'm, I'm always fascinated with people that that are able <laughs> able to uh 
to refine beer and create beer at like that level because i'm sure we could we could do it but it's it's gonna be nowhere close to what you know <laughs> to someone with a refined palate and that has that 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 wealth of knowledge to be able to to put together something you know as good as they do so yeah so you so by training i think i read some that you're like an accountant or you were in accounting previously yeah, so I was I, I worked for an accounting and business management firm. All our clients were in the entertainment industry, so all our okay. all our clients were actors, directors, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was in school uh, to get my CPA license. I think it was a I was a semester away from uh, graduating with my bachelor's, and I think I only had like a year left to to actually finish up my CPA license because I was already working at a firm and I got my two years of work experience. And then I said, I'm done with this and went in and took over the station. And uh, I do this now. So it was uh, quite of a bit of a jump that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but uh, I mean, it worked out for the best. I think I, I like it more than accounting. Um, like I said, I enjoy talking with people um, and you don't really get to do a whole lot of that in accounting. So, <laughs> yeah, unless you're asking them questions about the like about, about their finances. Exactly. It's it's not a whole lot of, you know, and it just like day to day life with the, with my coworkers. You know, we get a chat a bit, but anytime it was any, anywhere close to any type of deadline, it's dead sun in the office. Everyone's working away. They're there for 14 hours a day. And um, it's not conducive for like a lighthearted um uh, conversation said, I guess you could say so. It's a, uh, it, it was a big, a uh, big jump, but you know, overall, I think I was, I was happier with it. Um, at the end of the day, were people telling you like, don't do it. You're crazy. You're this close to finishing. Why, why are you, why are you doing this or? Oh yeah. Quite, quite a bit of people. <laughs> um, it, it was because I, I, you know, I put so much time. I, I always worked. I never, I was always working full-time or very close to full-time was going to school. So it took me a while to get through school because I'm putting myself through school. I'm, you know, usually working during the day and going to school at night. And so it's like, I'm right there at the finish line. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Um, and, and, you know, and it was, it's a bit of a risk. And a lot of people, not so much just like going into business for myself, but it was like the type of business I'm going into. Everyone views the fuel industry as a dying industry. And what are you doing? Like, it's this is not going to be here forever. And, you know, uh, that was also like part of the reason as to why people were kind of apprehensive, uh, you know, like friends and family uh, were apprehensive about me kind of like making that jump over. But uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I don't usually think things out all the way sometimes. So, so uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I think of you as like as a, as, as a craft beer uh, retailer, but I forgot there's a gas station. There's a gas station mm -hmm. side of it. Too. So yep. uh, it's a kind of a dual purpose. Um so you have you have quite the selection of beers in in a relatively small space. You probably have maybe four or five doors worth of beer of, of high quality craft beer. Yeah. Um, do you do you try most of the stuff that's on the shelves or in the free in the fridge? I try to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I try to get through as as much as possible. So um, believe it or not, anything that I order is not just something I look at. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take it. Um, anything that gets ordered, uh, aside from bottle logic, uh, I am Googling the beer. I'm Googling the, the brewery. I'm trying to look up on their untapped on their beer advocate. I'm trying to see, you know, what the ratings are, how many people are voting on it. Like what are the notes? What are the styles of beer? And I'm trying to try to keep a diverse selection, but you know, it's, uh, it's difficult to get through all those beers. I always tell people if I, if I had all the beers that were in my fridge, I'd be an alcoholic because there's no way. <laughs> 
I'd be able to try everything in there, but I do get through a, a good chunk of it. Um, especially when I bring in like new breweries, I'll at least try to have like one of their beers yeah. um, that I bring in. But a lot of it is just like researching uh, online, you know, what people are saying about it, how people are rating it, how many people are rating that beer. Um, yeah, and, taking know, rec- and taking recommendations from customers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, usually I tell people the, the, the only way that a beer kind of gets into my store is um, either it's over a certain rating on untapped um it is a beer that's uh brand new so there is no rating on it um but it's sought after by people or it's just a recommendation by somebody and uh, you know obviously i'm in a business of you know helping customers out and wanting to satisfy my customers and if they have a recommendation or they have a request absolutely bring it in for them right Um, right. i I put in the request for nightmare Yes, I am working. I have been working on that. Um, Nightmare is difficult to get a hold of out here in uh, California through illegal means. Um, okay. You know, I've I've reached out to Nightmare directly, and you know they uh, sent me over to their uh, distributor who handles all their distribution. But they don't work with retail accounts; they only work with distributors. So you know, I requested one of the distributors I work with to reach out on my behalf, and you know, was willing to pay a fair amount of money to be able to get the product over here, even if it meant selling, you know, the beer at a cost, which is not something that's super uncommon for me. I've, I've definitely done that in the past where I'll see her sell a beer at cost or even at a loss sometimes, um, depending on, you know, if shipping costs were too much. And I feel like it's not fair to pass it on to, onto the customer. So, um, but I'm, I am actively trying to get nightmare into the store. I can promise you that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, so what styles are you, would you prefer? Do you, do you prefer a certain style? an IPA or, or, or a stat or a pastry stout? You know, I, it, it started with stouts and porters. Um, but over time I'm, I'm now, I'm just, I'm leaning towards like Pilsners and lagers and, uh, blonde ales, just really light crisp, uh, beers. It's, uh, I, I feel like they're kind of like underrated, like, especially like when I'm looking like on tap or beer, beer advocate and I'm seeing like these really amazing pilsners or hell's lagers that are phenomenal, but like they got like a 3.7. And I just think it's just a, a style of beer that a lot of people don't like to go for. Or they just don't think much of it, but um, it's definitely an underrated style of beer that I, I find that I'm enjoying more and more. And the better a brewery can like do that simplistic kind of beer. I look at them in an even more favorable light, which m- may sound weird with, you know, all the crazy kinds of beers that you can get nowadays, but um you know, there's, there's great complex beers, but if I can find a really nice, simple beer, I, I generally tend to lean towards that at the moment, at least it's, it does change over time. Um, that's, that's for sure. Do you find that there's certain breweries that you go to more often because you, you just enjoy the beers that they produced? Uh, yeah. Um, bottle logic is definitely a big one for me. Um, there's a, another one, a newer brewery, uh, there does not exist that um i just i keep going back to i keep grabbing cans they've got a a hell's lager that is out of this world i even drove up to san luis obispo Mm -hmm. it was like a four or five hour drive i think for me uh just to go up there just to try it on tap because i'm like if it's this good on in can i'm like i gotta have this on draft um and i was definitely not disappointed when it up there but um i think those two breweries are are the ones i just i keep going back to just because they're very consistent and they just do whenever they make a style of beer, they just do it to the best of their ability. And I, and they're usually pretty spot on with them. So 
Yeah, that's a brewery we found through you and your shop. Um, you know, of course, you guys do a very good job of the uh, the Instagram, the social media, and putting stuff out there. So, it was a brewery we had never heard of. But when you put the uh, post up, and you know, the, we always talk about looking at the the can art as being yeah. like the the first thing that attracts uh, uh, us to a new beer, and it's a very unique style. It's a very kind of dark style. And, uh, and I gotta say, when we, I think we maybe popped a couple of the beers in the show about a month ago, we were very definitely impressed. And, uh, and then we went back and we got more from you. So, you know, the, it definitely was, uh, it was a beer a brewery that, uh, that we were impressed with. And I definitely want to go up there to, to, to visit it and, to, and have some beers on tap. Yeah. yeah we, enjoyed, it, we enjoyed it. It's, it's worth the trip. That's for sure. And the, the, the venue that they have was actually really nice. I like the aesthetic of it as well. And not just the can art has a really great aesthetic, but their their brewery itself has has a real nice aesthetic as well. And the glass the glassware that they use was great. It was different. I think they said they had them shipped in from Germany as well. Um uh just because they're like styles of glasses that I, I hadn't traditionally seen uh, out in you know other breweries before. But um it's definitely worth the uh, the trip up to San Luis Obispo to check them out. At any point, are you thinking of separating the the beer stuff from the gas station? I know I had read in an interview before. You know, obviously the uh, the retail space it can be quite uh, costly in a Pasadena type area. But any any interest in opening up a storefront exclusively for beer? You know, I'm I'm like back and forth about it constantly, uh, just because like you know, like you said, as I've mentioned before, is the the cost in Pasadena is a little too high for my liking. Um, to, to be able to invest that much money and wait for that length of amount of time to, to get license approval. Um, as well as, you know, one, one of the, th there's a lot of things that people like about the craft beer in the station that like really draws people to is just the convenience of it. Um, you know, and as well as one of the things is having a, for me, in comparatively to, you know, other bigger bottle shops, having a much smaller selection, I feel like it gives me, a lot more control to be able to uh, curate the selection. And when people come into the store who aren't super knowledgeable of craft beer, it's a lot more manageable for them to look at like two doors of a bunch of single cans versus like 13 doors, you know, having like 150 beers to choose from versus like a thousand, it's a little bit overwhelming. And then you can occasionally, I don't like calling beer bad, but every time and every now and then you get, you know, a bad beer, but if you don't know what you're looking for and, you're just trying to fill space on a shelf. You're just putting whatever you can to fill the space on the shelf. So you don't have empty space. Whereas for me, I'm, I have breweries fighting for space because they know I'm only going to put the best beer that I can get available to me on those shelves. And my customers know that as well, going with a, like a full style like that, you know, it's, I don't know necessarily if that's something that I want to do um, entirely. I like having like this bit of control and um, not having a massive space dedicated to just craft beer. Yeah. And then you, you know, I guess from the, the practical standpoint, you just don't have products sitting on the shelves from for months on end. Yeah. It's uh, that's one of the nice things as well as I, I, I'm not ordering in massive quantities as well as I just don't have so much, you know, like I said, a thousand different kinds of beer. So I'm, I'm never running into rotate. I never have to rotate beer because it all sells out before I ever have to rotate anything. I never have to worry about um, beer going bad on the shelves or customers getting bad beer because it's just a much smaller and tighter selection that I can, I can work with and I can manage myself. Um, you know, and one of the things as well, you know, like I had mentioned uh, with you before is we're able to run on a, on a much 
better margin than through an actual bottle shop. The station's paying the rent for the space, you know, like that's realistically. So this, this is like a fun project for me, you know, obviously we generate revenue from it, but you know, we increased staff wages as we started selling more craft beer. We use the profits to increase wages, increase benefits for all my staff. It's just like something fun for me to do. And then as well as people don't get charged an arm and a leg for good craft beer, we can sell it at like, you know, reasonable prices that aren't a little bit ridiculous. Um, and that's another thing that as well that's, that I can do at the station versus being able to do from its own standalone shop. Right. Uh, talk about having fun. Uh, apparently you, you bought a green screen. Uh, and you've been you've been having maybe a little too much fun with the green screen. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, how, did, how did that come about? Uh, the same way that the uh, the big red button uh, came about, I was uh, sitting at home uh, getting ready to go to bed, um, and I'm just laying in the bed, and I just the idea pops up in my head, and I'm just sit there and I write down on my phone, and then the next day as I'm going through my phone and like reading my stupid ideas, I just it goes further and further and deeper and deeper and expands more and more until I'm, I've uh, gone deep into buying a green screen, a camera, audio recording equipment, tripods, lighting systems. And now I'm just kind of uh, going all out with it, I suppose. <laughs> and the, uh, and the green screen idea was after how many stouts? <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, I think the better question is how many edibles. Um, after. <laughs> Um, it was, uh, no, I, you know what, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I have random ideas pop up in my head. I'm like, Oh, this would be funny. But then instead of it just staying as a joke, I actually just go out and do it. And, um, it's, uh, not conducive, uh, with the relationship with me and the missus sometimes, because she'll just, she comes home and she opens up the front door and she just sees me sitting there fiddling around with the camera and there's a giant green screen in the living room now. And I didn't warn her about any of this stuff. So it's uh, it's your branding it's advertisement yes. it's advertisement and branding i mean it's you've done it's marketing you know yeah it's uh, <laughs> you've done signs uh and it, it's funny because you can tell you're uh you're uh you're becoming more proficient in using the the technology because you did the signs and the signs is a little wonky yes you did, the, you did the breaking bad one and i was like yeah that's pretty that's a pretty good job and it's funny and then you did the Star Wars one, so you're becoming more adept with the with the with the technology. Yes, uh, yeah, it's it was funny. I was talking with my wife about this because I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a timeline. Like the further back you go, the worse it gets, and it just gets a little <laughs> bit better and better and better. Because I've no experience in any of this stuff. I've never taken like photography classes or you know video editing stuff. I'm just like googling this stuff and looking on YouTube trying to figure out how to do stuff. Yeah, um, and I just uh, I purchased a or subscribe to Adobe Premiere. Yeah, uh, I yeah. was using Filmora before that, which is more user-friendly, but you can't do nearly as much as you can with Premiere. Sure. So I, I just a couple of days ago, I spent like 12 hours just sitting there trying to figure out how to do stuff. And I've got a couple of videos that are like edited. I just have to record the green screen part of it. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it was just, it was it initially just started out as a funny joke. I was like, oh, like 200 bucks for a green screen. I'm like, you know, making a few funny jokes. But then I invested a few thousand dollars in equipment. And um, <laughs> uh, now I got to make use of it. Right. You know, I got to yeah. I got to uh, make sure that I'm I'm getting my money's worth out of this equipment now. So, well, and, and Adobe Premiere is so accessible now. I mean, think about it. We're paying 30 bucks a month to access, you know, uh, professional level uh, software. 
Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing how long we've come to make things so accessible to just like, you know, the, the average user like you and me. Uh, so will you, are you going to, so what's next in the queue for, uh, for clips? Are you going to, are you going to share what, what, what potential, uh, what we might potentially see, or is that going to be, is that a secret? Um, no, I'll share like, I guess the next one, I, I usually don't share just because I don't want to like ruin it. And it's like, it's funnier when you like see it without like imagining it, um, just seeing it up front, but I, I'm working on a super troopers one right now. Okay. Um, okay. so it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to tie this stuff in with beer, obviously yeah. that I'm like selling or getting ready to sell, because obviously that makes a little bit of sense in terms of marketing wise. Um, and, uh, obviously makes it easier for the accountants to justify these big expenses because yeah. gas stations normally don't have line items for camera equipment and, uh, you know, all this stuff. So, uh, I got to make sure I'm, I'm, uh, using it for marketing purposes, but, um, yeah, super troopers is what I'm working on right now. There's a few other ones that I'm, I'm working on. Um, a lot should, of them have to do with bottle logic though. So that's, <laughs> you should um, do, uh, so you should have, first of all, you should have a suggestion box or put it on your IG suggestions for like the next, uh, clip, but you should do one of those old cheesy seventies, uh, commercials. You got the equipment and you, you have, you have, you have the station. You should do like one of those old, uh, gosh, what I'm trying to think of, uh, who's the old guy who used to sell cars with the hat and hit like the, like the, uh, like the tiger. Oh man. I'm a, I've been drawing a blank right now, but you should film like an old school seventies commercial at the, at the gas station, man. That'd be pretty cool. I, you're, you're probably right. I should, I've been wanting to film stuff at the station. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, just that's to get justify, you yeah. justify those expenses. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's, it, you're actually not far off. I have, I have been thinking about asking, like making a yeah, post on Instagram, asking people uh, what they want to see next or any ideas or suggestions. I've gotten some suggestions from friends that I, that I'd done. Um, I did an ET one. I didn't post oh, yeah. it because it was, uh, I had to use someone's product in it and it was a little, uh, um, I don't want to say out there, but it was a, a little too much uh, in terms of branding with their product. Yeah. So I got to refilm it and, uh, you know, I'll post it up. You'll see what I mean when you see it eventually. But like the ET one was like something that a friend threw out. The signs one was actually uh, something that a friend threw, threw out. Because I told him, you know, oh, I'm buying a green screen. I'm going to film myself, you know, with the scooter and the green screen or something. And he told me you should do the signs one. And uh, just a couple of days later, I just sent him the video of the clip fully edited. Like I say fully edited <laughs> It's uh, it was it's it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like I put a lot of that's, time and effort into that's it. That's a beginner. That that was your beginner one. Yes, that was the first one they went off with. But uh, no, I just I'm having fun with it. Just bouncing ideas off of friends and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's uh, I do the whole craft beer thing for fun, and uh, station is a boring thing to uh, to do as a job. Um, it, it's pretty monotonous. It's not a, not a lot of really exciting stuff going on um so i guess this gives me uh gives me an outlet i suppose yeah, yeah definitely uh do you got anything you're working on right now um as far as uh you know moving the uh moving the craft beer stuff uh to the next level to the next step yeah so um we're working on some collab beers with bottle logic um oh nice so i think in uh end of june we're scheduled to like actually have the collab day to come in and you know brew the beer and do all that all that fun stuff um and uh we're i'm in the middle of working on the project i've got a uh i hired a, a branding firm to 
to handle creating the logo and naming and all that stuff like that. But um, since we had an increase in sales over the last year, uh, you know, the last increase that we had went to my staff. I wanted the next portion of, I guess, profits that are coming in to go back to the customers. Um, So we're doing like a little side brewing project. I contracting with um, a local brewer in in Pasadena. Um, And the idea is, is, we get a lot of stuff that obviously comes in from East coast, as you know, as you've been in my store. And uh, you know, one of the things I hear from a lot of people is how they wish they could have it on tap or they wish they could have it, you know, a little bit more fresh or what it would taste like if, you know, after it was just brewed. Um, Cause sometimes it takes a couple months for, for a product to get over, you know? Um, and then there's sometimes degradation issues because we don't know how the product's being handled in shipping or transit. So uh, the idea is to hopefully, Hey, brewers out on the East Coast, fly them out here to Pasadena and brew some of their beer in small batches so people nice. get an opportunity to, to try it at its intended level, you know, what, what it's supposed to be, um, you know, because while beer is great in cans, obviously you want to have it on draft, you want to have it as fresh as possible, and if you can get someone's IPA fresh on tap, it's better than getting it three months old in a can after it's been halfway across the country, not knowing, you know, the heat temperature it's been through. So, um, you know, it's a side project that we're, I'm working on right now. It started as just renaming the business to another name, just because mm-hmm. I wanted to change it from a Royal shell to something else. Uh, yeah. And then it was like, Oh, if I'm renaming it, let me just do another project. And it just kept growing just like everything else. I had one small idea and it just balloons into a whole project. So um, yeah, it's, uh, we're hoping to have, I've got one brewer signed up right now, um, contracted. He's coming in January, February of this nice. coming year, um, cool. but I'm trying to get some people to come out for this year as, as well. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be a whole lot of beer. It'll be maybe like four or five brewers a year, but just, okay. you know, something fun, something for people to be able to try, uh, some East coast beers on tap and, you know, we'll sell it in cans as well at the station, but, um, Yeah. Are you looking at maybe going to some festivals to do some uh, pours, or just to kind of get out there? Are you are you a big are you a big festival guy as a like as a as a fan? Um, I'll go every now and then. Um, you know, I was just in Arizona with uh, with one of the guys from Biologic uh, for Arizona Beer Week a couple. Okay. Months, I think it was like a month or two ago. Um, you know, and I've been to like LA Extreme Beer Fest and stuff like that. I'll go every now and then. Um, I believe it or not, I'm actually pretty much a homebody, so I don't really get out too often. Um, but uh, it probably won't go out to any festivals. Um, okay. Like I said, because these are going to be extremely small batches. These are going to be like maybe like 10 barrel batches. Okay. Uh, obviously, you don't get a full yield out of a 10 barrel system. You'll get maybe like eight barrels, eight and a half barrels at most. So, um, you know, we'd, we'd like to keep as much of it as we can either sell directly through my store or uh, on tap at a, at Del Pueblo, who's, you know, the brewery that we're contracting with. Um, so it's, uh, you know, if we have stuff left over, you might see in distribution, you might see it at, you know, festivals and stuff okay. like that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I suppose. Uh, anyway, we have extreme beer fest coming back to California, but in San Francisco uh, later on this year. So um, I know that's coming up, and I and I went to the LA Extreme Beer Fest several years ago. That was a pretty crazy event. It was a very good event. Yeah. What? Well, 
Was that the one? It was in the um the arts it, uh building, down, right in LA? It, it was yeah, downtown LA. It was a pretty crazy, it was a pretty pretty crazy event to have uh in downtown LA. And I guess it was a it was a it was a big to do with the permits. Uh and uh, I don't think they'll ever come back to LA again. But so for this year, they're going to San Francisco or uh Richmond, California to be exact. So oh, I gotta I, check I, that out. Yeah. yeah, those tickets go on sale probably about a week. Uh and so I went to the one in Boston right before, like just a few months before COVID, uh, I did the uh, the Boston one. And that was also a blast. So I think as I get older, I'm trying to get out more across the country to do these events. Like the like I told you, I was at the uh, at the Dawn of a Dark Day Festival at Adroit Theory yeah. uh, last month. Did you pop those uh, those beers yet or no? Not yet. I had one of, I had the uh, the adjunct confessions. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Um, I haven't had the base one. I I liked it a lot. My wife really liked it as well. My <laughs> wife is super huge into stouts, actually. Oh, yeah. um, so we both cracked it. Actually, just uh, two nights ago, we, we cracked that one. We've got to enjoy it. I've got the uh, the uh, the straight confessions uh, still yeah. in my fridge. Um, nice. She just left for Coachella this morning, so probably when she gets back next week, we'll we'll crack that one open. Alrighty. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. I want to honor Chairman. We're going a little bit over, so. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, I let you out at a decent time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been Bruce Interviews. I'm Leonard, and this has been Shibli Haddad of uh, A Royal Shell, uh, soon to be maybe named something else in the future, <laughs> in the immediate future. So, uh, again, thank you for your time. We enjoy your shop. We enjoy the beers you have. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll see you soon uh, to drop off some beer and to buy a bunch of beer from you guys. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you.